when I was in high school and everyone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone said, a nurse and a firefighter, all these things. I never had an answer. And that just annoyed my teachers to no end. It was, I'm going to do something no one's ever done before. And I'm going to serve people. Mm. And for me, servant leadership has always been the heart of everything we do. It's the heart of my Christian faith. I know that if I can put people before profits, I know if I serve people, the profits will come like the success and all the good stuff that will all come, but it has to be people first. And unfortunately today, I think a lot of people start businesses because the profit is what's motivating them. I want to start a business to make the money. That's not really how it works. You have to figure out a way to serve people and solve a need first. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Ashley Alderson. She is the founder of The Boutique Hub. And if you are someone who is in the product-based business, perhaps in the boutique world, you know exactly who Ashley is. The Boutique Hub has over 65,000 members in their community, and it is one of the top 10 fastest-growing companies in the Midwest. Ashley today talks about how this company came about, all of the decisions that she's had to made, make along the way. We talk about money mindset. We talk about her passion, her core values, her mission statement. Today was one of my absolute favorite conversations. Ashley is an absolute dream. Be sure to follow her and stay tuned to the very end of the episode where she makes an announcement about a free summit she's hosting next week. Okay, y'all. So normally, just like when you guys listen, when I have a fantastic guest on, I tell you that I've been talking to this person for like the last 22 minutes, which is 100% true. We've been bullshitting about all of the things. And Ashley and I have become super good friends over the last 22 minutes. We have a lot in common. Our core values seem to be very similar and we both golf. So there's that. So as you can tell, this is going to be a most amazing podcast ever. I'm so pumped to be on here. I don't know. We both golf. I can tell you're good at golf and I'm the happy Gilmore of golf, but we'll, we'll go from there. Well, and we also care deeply about what we do in life. And Ashley Alderson is joining me. She is the founder of everything under the sun, you know, the Inc 500 top uh, business boutique hub, boutique summit hub Ventory. I think that's how you say it. Um, thanks for being here, Ash. Do you want to tell everyone who you are? If they don't already know you, I don't know how they wouldn't. 
<laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'm so pumped to be on. So essentially what we do at the Boutique Hub is we connect the global boutique and e-commerce industry. So if you think boutique, you might think mom and pop, small business, brick and mortar, but also any type of boutique e-commerce platform, we connect under one roof. So we have stores and e-commerce stores in all 50 states in about eight countries now. And we try to provide every single tool their business could need under one roof at the Boutique Hub. So we really focus in first on community and community over competition and a rising tide lifting all ships. We hone in on education, strategy, uh, all types of like business experts and coaching, and then also wholesale. And that's where Hubinventory comes in. So we also built a wholesale platform where boutiques and e-commerce stores can shop from about a thousand vetted and curated wholesale brands from around the world as well. Oh my word. And um, let's just take it back to the beginning. How in the world, because you know, this is what this podcast is really about. This is encouraging people to take action and decide, not like one foot in, one foot out, but decide they're going to do something to change their life or to do the thing that is on their heart and soul. So how did this start? <laughs> well, I love this question because you know, in high school, when your high school business teachers are teaching you, you have to have a perfect business plan. It has to all be laid out. You must have projections and all these things. That is all bullshit. That is Thank not you. how businesses get started. That's certainly not how my journey got started. Um, this is the 10th year anniversary of the Boutique Hub. And if I go all the way back, I live in Wisconsin now. I was born and raised in North Dakota on a ranch on the back of a horse in the middle of nowhere. And I just happened to love boutiques. As I grew up, I had an opportunity actually through the sport of rodeo to travel quite a bit. And as I did, I fell in love with these cute little stores downtown in big cities and small towns and at vendor events and pop-ups. And there just wasn't anything like that for us in the Midwest. Like we had the buckle and the mall and that was that's all we had. So I kept thinking as I grew up, like, man, how come I can't find stores like this near me? And it kind of created this early desire in me to want to build an online shopping mall of boutiques. And at that time, you know, there wasn't really a lot of social media. Like I was on Facebook when Facebook was only, you know, college students only. And you couldn't find any stores online at that time. It was all very fresh and new. So um, ironically, I got a job in economic development for about eight years, which really fueled my love of marketing, business development, all of this. And then this idea of wanting to build this online shopping mall of boutiques was brewing in the background. Um, so back in about 2013, actually, to fast forward through the story, uh, we decided to move from North Dakota to Wisconsin. My dad had passed away, who was really the leader of our ranch and our family. And my husband and I decided to pick up and take our two small kids and move to Wisconsin and start a new life. And with leaving that career in economic development, I had some freedom to just chase this wild idea for a minute. And so we took a bonus my husband had received in uh, his oil field job and hired a web developer and said, okay, we're going to build this online shopping mall of boutiques and we're going to just make a go of this wild dream. And so we did, we took, you know, a couple thousand bucks, put it toward this web developer and we started to build. And the reason boutiques were so important to me, if I can, you know, just back up a second is because when I was traveling and I felt like there was not a boutique anywhere near me, I felt like fashion was so segregated to East coast, West coast, you know, it was just like high end in my opinion, but there was nothing for us in the Midwest. There was nothing for us normal people, as I, as I would think of myself as like, what about the rest of us? We're just wearing Under Armour sweatshirts all the time. Like, well, how are we going to clothe ourselves? And boutiques were really the answer to that. So I thought if I could create this online shopping mall of boutiques for people like me, like I would just serve this big need and fill this big void. But as luck would have it, you know, this business plan that I had dreamt up just really didn't work. 
I really had created when I built this online shopping mall, a chicken and an egg problem because I couldn't get enough boutiques to sign up to build enough customer base to shop the boutiques. And I didn't have enough customer base to attract more boutiques. And I was just stuck because I was trying to fix um, a consumer problem. When really what I started to uncover was there was a business problem. All these boutique owners, you know, were former nurses and stay-at-home moms and teachers. They were all these brand new small business owners that had no business training whatsoever. So when I started to just dig in and ask some questions, what do you need? How can I help? Then I really discovered the root of the issue was they didn't know how to run social media and Facebook ads and manage inventory and to buy inventory for a retail store is a massive undertaking. And most people just don't understand how those numbers work. So I thought, you know what, either I can tell them what I know, or I can surround them with other people who might know the answers to their questions, or I can keep going down this you know, dream that I had originally had. So of course, there was a big pivot that had to take place. And the boutique hub moved from being this online shopping mall of boutiques to this business community that just put people in touch with other people and built this idea of community over competition and became the central business resource for everything a boutique owner could need under one roof. So we started in 2013 and then in about 2017, we launched a membership platform. I had no idea what memberships even were. It was like, I wanted to create this hub, right? Hence the boutique hub and charge people a monthly fee for it, which turns out to be a membership site. And it absolutely went gangbusters. And thankfully we've had you know amazing growth over the last several years. And now we're kind of the recognized expert in the space. Oh my gosh, I love it. There's so much to go into there. But I think what you said that I think everyone kind of needs to hear, and I try to kind of articulate it time and time again with all of my guests is the fact that you just made a decision. Like you were just like, all right, I'm going to go all on this. Like, this is the time I'm going to do this damn thing. And then you just started taking action. And I think that one thing that I'm hearing you say, and tell me if this feels true, but it's like the thing that you said you were going to do, which is like for every single one of us. I mean, if you go back to my social media, you and I were just talking before this turned on. If you go back to my social media, like seven years ago, I was probably creating recipes and doing fitness videos more so than, you know, what I'm doing today. But you know, I had to listen to what other people were saying and then create more content based upon that and pivot and change and all the things. But had you just said, okay, I'm going to do this boutique hub and I'm going to, you know, create this big conglomerate, this hub of all of these boutiques. Well, crap, it didn't work. And you would have quit. You wouldn't have created what you've created today where you have what over 65,000 stores all in one or uh, members all in one. Yeah, we serve about 65,000 stores as a whole. And then we have about 8,000 stores in our monthly membership program. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it, it took you making the decision, but then listening to what people had to say and taking that continuous action. I'd love to know like the mindset behind that, because I think that that's the part that like we can kind of gloss over and you guys, everyone is listening to this and being like, oh, it must be nice to have 65,000 people. But like in the Sorry. beginning, like what was that like saying you were going to create something, taking your husband's bonus, like going all in on it and then like, quote unquote, not working? Uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. But if I go back to that, like at the beginning when I took his bonus and built this website, like it was famine for a long time for us. You know, we, we ended up having our third child at around that same time. And it was a stretch just to try to build this dream and put food on the table. I was taking baby cribs and things that we weren't using and trying to sell them on Facebook thinking, oh my gosh, I made 200 bucks. 
great. I can keep working on this business and buy groceries this week. Like we had nothing. We were dirt poor. And we kind of came to this like fork in the road. And we had a lot of people surrounding us at that time who I think, quote unquote, you would think would be supportive, but really were coming at us saying, why doesn't Ashley just get a real job? What does she think she's doing anyway? This will never work. Uh, you know, good luck with your little project, one CEO once told me. Um, There's just a lot of doubt. And fortunately for me, I came across a, a random like business coach. It was the first experience in coaching I'd ever had. And I really needed to get it out of my mindset. I grew up in a mindset of a lot of lack. Um, just like my money mentality was very negative. I, I grew up believing only the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and money doesn't grow on trees and money is the root of all evil. And uh, you know, for me to charge people, even $100 an hour seemed out of line because I'm not worthy to charge something like that. Like I just had all these things that needed to be unwound. So I ended up taking, and I put money on our credit card to hire this coach, which I don't advise that you necessarily do. Um, but it was something that I did at that time hired this coach, figured out how to like rework a lot of this mindset that I was battling with. No one had ever challenged me on before. She also helped me understand like a high ticket coaching model way back then. And I had like tripled that money within the next three months or something. Like she really helped me get some quick traction, which then was able to catapult me, you know, past a lot of what I was going through at that time. But one other thing that happened in that time and another mindset that I just want to dive into that I'm sure a lot of your guests probably struggle with is also imposter syndrome. Because you can take inspired action, but there is also this little voice in your head that says, well, who am I to create this thing? And I battled that a lot. Going back to this you know, story, I tell myself, I grew up on a ranch in North Dakota. You don't hear a lot of that in the old Inc. magazine or Forbes, right? People don't come from the back of a horse and create something huge. So I told myself, and so I kept looking for someone who knew more than me, who I thought I could partner with to keep building my dream. So get this, I met a man on Twitter, which I never recommend that you meet a man on Twitter and then offer to go into business with him. It's a terrible idea, but I did it because I, I met this person. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's really on the same path I'm on. We should team up. And this individual basically catfished me. Oh. And we worked together for, I don't know, probably six months or more. We were on Zoom. We were on, you know, so I, like, I knew he had a face. He was on Zoom. We were on Slack. We were building these things together. Um, he really like emotionally had me believing that he was smarter than I was, that he knew more about where we were going, that he had exits, quote unquote, before, and I hadn't. And he'd been in the quote unquote startup world before, and I hadn't. He convinced me to give him 51% of my company. Oh. He uh, had access to my PayPal accounts and the Facebook groups I'd started and already had like built this huge following. I gave him access to all of that, believing this was going to be the right choice because who was I to build something? Well, when the paperwork from the attorney just never showed up and never showed up and never showed up, I finally came to him and challenged him. My husband and I did. And we're like, you know what? This is it. We're done. This is not going anywhere. Like you're trying to take advantage of us. And like that within an hour. And this is maybe be me being Midwest nice and naive because I didn't take care of this before I got on the call to tell him what my action was going to be. But within an hour, he had drained our bank accounts. Oh, my God. He blocked us from our Facebook groups and our email list and moved on as if he was operating our company. So like literally hard stop everything I created for a number of years, like done right there. And that was a huge moment of, oh, shit, what did I just do? Because I thought who am I to create this? Someone must know more than I am. I gave it all away. 
And ironically, because I told this person like all my business plans, I wanted to create the boutique summit, this conference for boutique owners. I wanted like all these different functions of my membership. He started to build a conference for boutique owners, just like I had planned on it. He took everybody's money. The day that everybody was going to get on a plane to go fly to this conference, he canceled it and didn't refund anyone's tickets. And it was like the ultimate karma of people going, oh my gosh, like now not only has he taken care or taken advantage of me, but he's taken advantage of them. And everyone started to see the writing on the wall. And that was kind of the end of that chapter. And during that time, all I could do, because I, I didn't want to stoop to anyone else's level and badmouth this person publicly or get into some sort of like he said, she said, I just kept serving, like serving, serving, serving. You know, I had my moment for a week where I laid on the couch and said, woe is me. And my husband came to me and he was like, you know what? You can either give up or you can fight. What are you going to do? And I'm way too competitive to give up. So I thought, well, all I can do is take one action. I can just do 1% better each day and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and serving people. And again, going back to what do people need? How can I help? And the more we serve, the more traction we got. And this guy took care of himself because they always do. And then we could build something that really was at the core of who we were and who we wanted to be on our own. Oh, my gosh, we could just stop right now, folks. Just hit rewind. We're done. That was a freaking epic. I didn't know that story. So for those of you who don't know how Ashley and I connected, so one of my longtime clients, who's just a doll, I'll call her out, Rochelle, um, who owns Danny and Maddie up in Canada, she has bragged upon you. So she, you know, I, I like you were mentioning about uh, a coaching, you know, a coach to me, I mean, yes, I am one, but I just have always had one. I'm just so Absolutely. such a fan. Like, I just feel like people need the support, especially reprogramming the stories, habits, all of the things that like you needed to kind of get through. And I just love having someone walk beside me in life and business. It's just, I'm so passionate about it, but clearly, but Thank you for saying that because like Rochelle put us in contact. Obviously now I know like I adore you. She's adored you for, you know, three or four years that she's had your course and all of the things. But thank you for saying that because I think everyone would probably look at you because what of, of what you have created, I'm, I'm slurring my words. I'm so excited right now. <laughs> But everyone would look at you and think, oh my gosh, the girl has it together. She's never had any worries. She's never had any doubts. You know, you started this huge, massive thing. But thank you for saying that you had the imposter syndrome in the beginning. You know, for many people who have maybe listened to this podcast a long time, they've perhaps heard my story on creating my live event where I was, you and I were talking before I started in 2019, I did this live event. I was just coming out of the golf industry. I'd only been in this industry for two years. And um, I partnered with someone to do a live event. And to this day, we have no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts. But 13 days after the tickets went on sale, my partner pulled out. And it was the hardest four months of my life. But I always say it's the best four months of my life. Because I think God, I know you're a person of faith as well. For me, I think God knew I needed that partner in order to say yes, but then he took that partner away for me to be put on my own path. And I know for a fact today, my brand, everything who I am and all the people that I've served would have never have happened had I not done that event by myself. And so I'm sure that kind of God gave you that moment where he's like, okay, you say you want this and this has happened, are you going to get off that couch? Do you feel like that's true? 
And for me, like there's so many different times in my life where this story shows up. And, and to your point, I, I break it down into three things. So number one, um, everything in life happens for a reason. There's just totally purpose. Number two, God only gives us as much as we can handle. Like we're way tougher than we give ourselves credit for, right? Like we can handle a lot of stuff. But number three, and this is most important, something good will come from every bad situation if you choose to look for it. And there's just unfortunately too many people today that have this woe is me victim mindset and they give up, you know, like everything in life is happening to me, to me instead of for me. And, you know, I, I'm amazed at your event story. That's so true. And the same is true for me. Like, man, it sucked, but it happened for me so that I could catapult into what was meant to come next. A hundred percent. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. If you've listened to this podcast a while, you've probably heard me talk about my clients. And the reason for that is I'm obsessed with them and they're obsessed with their results. Having been a one-on-one coach for over five and a half years and being voted the top confidence coach in 2020, I can firmly tell you there is not a faster way to success than having someone hold you consistent, confident, and give you the clarity you need to achieve your personal and professional goals. In 2023, I am doing something that no one else in the coaching industry does, and that's allowing you to have me as your one-on-one coach for less than $300 a month. So if you've ever thought about one-on-one coaching and didn't think it was possible for you, I would encourage you to text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362, and I can tell you what it would look like to have you and I together in a one-on-one coaching capacity for the next year to make sure you are deciding it is your turn to hit the goals that you have decided for in 2023. Again, text me the word coach to 501-222-3362. You can send me a message on Instagram at bchristina or check the show notes for more details. I look forward to hearing from you. I've worked with hundreds of clients one-on-one over the years and All of my clients who have had a ton of success have had these moments, whether it be in their life and or in their business, where it looks like it's the end. I remember specifically one of my clients, it was over Christmas break. He had a huge payroll, like multi five figure payroll and didn't know if he was going to be able to pay it. And we like literally were on communication every single day. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it was almost as if he had to jump and figure out if there was a pair parachute he was going to figure out before it happened. And sure enough, now he has a, you know, a multi seven figure business, but it was those times that I think every single one of us are going to be challenged because I think God's asking, are you serious? You say that you want this. You know, one thing I always say is that like, be careful because the stuff that like the things you're bitching about are usually the things that you've prayed for. right? Like in some regards, you've been praying for the overwhelm. Like you, I've watched your stories, obviously, since we knew that this was going to happen. You travel so much. You have, you know, 65,000 people in this community. I'm sure there's days where it feels so fucking overwhelming, but there's also like, that's exactly what you prayed for. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you got to just take all of it. Right. And I think that's the reason a lot of people just never take the action is it's too easy to be comfortable. It's too easy, you know, and everyone's always chasing this comfort and chasing this happiness. Well, it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. You know, it's okay to have a little bit overwhelmed. Like we can manage that. We can fix that. We can work our way through that. But just, you know, get comfortable in the uncomfortable because it's what creates the fruit that we're all searching for. Okay, just switch you. This was a perfect segue to kind of switch 
you know, lanes here a little bit. What continues to motivate you? You have so much success. You've built such a massive brand. What continues to motivate you? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, so I'll go all the way back because this is the beginning of what has always motivated me. And because we're talking about being a person of faith, I just want to drop this in here. When I was in high school and everyone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone said, a nurse and a firefighter, all these things. I never had an answer. And that just annoyed my teachers to no end. It was, I'm going to do something no one's ever done before. And I'm going to serve people. Mm. And for me, servant leadership has always been the heart of everything we do. It's the heart of my Christian faith. I know that if I can put people before profits, I know if I serve people, the profits will come like the success and all the good stuff that will all come, but it has to be people first. And uh, unfortunately today, I think a lot of people start businesses because the profit is what's motivating them. I want to start a business to make the money. That's not really how it works. You have to figure out a way to serve people and solve a need first. So for me, it's always the people. And um, one of the most important things I feel like growing up on a ranch taught me was also the art of not just servant leadership, but humility and remaining humble. So like when you say things like, oh, you've had all this success, like I, I, shrink a little bit and I need to be able to say thank you. You need to own that too though, my love. (laughs) But but I just kind of always remind myself like each day is a new opportunity. It's a new challenge. And the third thing that motivates me beyond those two things is someone in the back of my ear saying, good luck with your little project. Mm. So I'm I'm competitive to the notion of I'll show you. Like if you challenge me and tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it. So it's kind of the servant leader, it's the humility and serving people, and it's the challenge of what other people think I can't do. I love that. Those are the three things you guys hit back up and and listen to those things again. And I totally agree with you. I've told clients for years, I said, you know, I don't have to think about money. I, I literally don't. If I do my job extremely well, there is zero doubt in my mind that I'm gonna get paid, zero. Like if I operate with the highest amount of integrity, I can put my head on the pillow. Like that's the only thing I care about. Like am I, I always say in our business, and I tell my clients all the time, there's my job, there's God's job and there's the client's job. I'm doing my job. I know God does his job, you know? Like I can't force that last one. And sometimes, you know, my uh, kind of like, I'm sure with you, your biggest strength is your biggest weakness. My biggest strength is I care so much. My biggest weakness is I care so much. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so true. That's so I true. mean, it's both. So sometimes I get my job screwed up. Am I doing God's job right now? Or am I doing the client's <laughs> job? But, but yes, I mean, I, I totally agree with you in that regard. And then also too, I, I love the third one there because I will say, I, I don't feel like I'm naturally talented at a lot of things, but I think my competitive nature is something that I wish everyone could have because that's the thing that gets me going. Like even on the golf course, you and I, we, we have a mutual love of golf and even on the golf course, my buddies know, like I would rather lose it all than not try to win. Like I, I would, I get more mad. Like I want to win so badly. Like losing isn't even the thing. It's the winning. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. And there's just something so powerful. You can't, I don't know. Can you teach people to be competitive? Like I, as a parent, I keep going through this in my mind because I've got three kids that are three like night and day different individuals. Two of them are crazy competitive and one of them is not. Like they just have different gifts. So just finding different ways of motivating different people I find to be fascinating. Yeah. Do you use in your communities, I'm sure you have had someone speak on it or you guys uh, bring in guest experts or anything, but there's just so many different um 
tools nowadays, you know how to do it. So one of my clients is um, really well-versed in human design. You know, there's the Enneagram. I've had, you know, Tracy O'Malley come on the podcast and talk about the Enneagram. There's, you know, the back in the day, like, what is it? The personality test. Like, do you have, um, you know, for a lot of your clients, do you, do you talk about that? We talk about that um, to our clients in retail bootcamp, which is like kind of our higher level program. And then as a team, our team does that as well. We go through all the different um, Enneagram, I think is a great one. Um, we've done like work appreciation languages. We've done a few different things with our team. And then in like our team resource guides, we try to highlight like what is everybody so we can go back and reference that yeah. uh, along the way. Cool. So one of the things that I think that you are you know, you really like, it really comes through in your content. And obviously like we have mutual connections. So, you know, you guys know how it is like social media is so full of shit sometimes. Like you really don't know if a person is like actually a good person or not, but like I'm connected to Ashley in like three degrees of separation. And like, from what I hear, she's actually a phenomenal human. So we're here for that. But you always know, like there's so much freaking bullshit online. Like it's just, it makes you sick. You and I were actually talking about that before we hit record. I just hate fluff. I just hate it. Yes. Oh, I can't do it either. I'm like, how are you? Good. How are you? No, let's cut to like, what's your, what's your childhood trauma? Let's just go <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things that you are really a huge proponent of though, is the community and really creating this amazing community for your members and really being community over everything else. How has that gone? Because I know people talk about it, but you have actually created it. Like this is one of, I'm assuming one of the, the core values or your part of your mission statement. Yeah, it's the core of everything we do actually. So before it was a huge tagline, I mean, this is all the way 10 years ago, we started really hounding community over competition. And in our industry, which, you know, we're boutique retail, which is all kinds of products, but we really started in fashion and women's apparel. Now we kind of serve all retail aspects, uh, but there was not any community when we got into this space. It was very siloed, it was very competitive. And what first like alerted me to this mindset was all the way back in my economic development days, I worked in North Dakota in the middle of the oil boom. I worked for a county in four cities. And the largest city in our county was 1,600 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tiny, right? But again, middle of the oil boom, there's all this crazy stuff happening. And there was um, a Western store and a, a department store with like an embroidery shop in it. Well, one of them is going out of business on Main Street in this town. And so the, the one that's going out of business, their neighbors across the street, they come into my office and they're like, hey, Ashley, um, you know, so-and-so is going out of business. What are you going to do to fill it with another clothing store? And I kind of paused and I was like, wait, why would I do that? Like, that's your competition across the street. You both are selling clothing. Why would you want that? And they were like, well, you don't understand. When two or more like businesses come together, they become a destination. And so we actually need them across the street because then we can pull in more traffic from the surrounding area. And I was just like, poof, light bulb moment. I had never considered that. So when I got into the boutique hub and started building this space, community over competition was so important because I knew when I pulled all these stores together and when we locked arms with one another, we could become a destination. A rising tide always lifts all ships. And so it took a long time to break down the mindset. And some people, frankly, still do not believe in community. And 
maybe the hub just isn't a good fit for them. And that's okay. Some people are better at it than others. But for the most part, like we've got this amazing community of men and women around the world who come in and share when they're having a good day and when they're having a bad day and what promotion they ran for Easter and what promotion they ran for 4th of July and what they would do differently if they could. And they're so much stronger because of it. There's so many stores who say, I would have went out of business a long time ago had I not had this network to help lift me up. So I believe that every single trade every single industry like everybody needs this you need a group of like-minded individuals you can rely on you need a coach for the same reason but we're not in competition with one another like we've just got so much we can learn to become a destination with one another oh i love that it's so true you know it's so true one of my one of my one-on-one clients they own a coffee shop and you know they were looking for a new location and i was like oh i don't know if you like this was, you know, a year or so ago, I was like, oh, well, they're building, you know, there's a Starbucks nearby. And he's like, oh no, that's actually a very good thing. It's a very good thing to be near a Starbucks because then, you know, it's a kind of a destination. If Starbucks is full, they can come to us or whatever it is. So yeah, that's very true statement, Ash. Very good. I love that. Very cool. So one of the things that I think, um, obviously you are an expert in, and that I would think anyone who has a boutique, knows someone who has a boutique, a product-based business, what do you think is the main thing that kind of hinders most of the people that start? Because my my audience is very much, they have this passion in their heart. They know that they want to do this thing. If there's a man or woman listening to this podcast today and they're like, oh my God, it is my freaking dream to own, you know, a, a service or pardon me, a product-based business. What yeah. is the number one thing that you would tell them? And then what is the number one thing that you think that obviously you've worked with thousands of businesses. What is the one thing that kind of holds people back? Oh, good question. So any type of product-based business, and really this is true for any business, but it's especially true for a product-based business is there's two sides of the brain that have to work together equally in order to to find you any type of success. So I look at it as the retail art side of the brain and the retail science side of the brain. The art is really what attracts people to business. They want to have customers. They want to go to market. They want to be on social media. They want to serve people. They want it to look pretty, like all the virtual things. But it's really the science, especially the inventory management, the strategy, the SOPs, the processes, the buying, the when do I mark down my products after they've been on hands for so long and no one's buying them. Like the science side of the brain is just as important, but uh, most people don't have both or they can't figure out how to, to maintain both. So I just think making sure you know where are my strengths, where are my weaknesses, and how can I find someone to help supplement and support my weaknesses to turn them into strengths? Like that's the biggest opportunity. And we all need that no matter what type of business we're in. And then um, what's the biggest thing that holds people back? I think a lot of it is the mindset and the belief. It's what you're talking about. Like mindset's 90% of business and just taking that one inspired action. Like if I know I suck at the retail science side of the brain, well, then I know tomorrow I better wake up and figure out what are the five most important reports I'm running in my business and what action am I going to take based on those reports every single week? Like if I don't have that down pat, then I need to get to work on that. And the mindset and belief is, no, I'm going to take inspired action tomorrow on those items rather than just wait until. I love it. Yep. I hundred percent believe to my core, everything business, in my opinion, is mindset and strategy. If you don't have a strategy, you're throwing shit on the wall. You know, there's there and this, I'm sure you realize this, but most people I don't think realize how many multi-million dollar businesses don't have strong SOPs. I've worked oh. with people like, right? 
It's crazy. Like you don't have a hiring process. You don't have like, you don't know your numbers. You don't know, even know how to keep your numbers. You don't know what your profit margins. You don't, you don't know how to get a client. You don't know how to retain a client. Like there is so much shit that is strategy that I think most people just want to put their head in the sand, in my opinion. I think that's what's happening in the economy today. Oh, we could, that's a whole nother hour that we don't have my love. I know, I know. But to, to break it down, I think that there's a lot of people that after COVID, COVID was great for our industry, by the way. And I know yeah, that it yeah. wasn't every, but yeah. for ours, it was great. And what happened, and especially when the stimmy money got out into the economy, everyone had stimmy money to spend, make it rain, right? And a lot of businesses grew into seven-figure businesses, but they were just doing bank account, like, or bank balance accounting. They were opening their bank account saying, oh, do I have money in the bank? Okay, great. I'm going to go buy Facebook ads. I'm going to go buy more inventory. I'm going to expand. But they really didn't know their numbers. And so now as things start to contract and they have no strategy and they really don't know their margins or how to attract and retain clients, they're screwed. So to me, this is the time where you get into the nitty gritty. You get busy really knowing the insides and out of your business. And yes, it might be lean for a while, but then you get ready for it to blossom and explode. This is the time that you do the work that is going to make you a really great business later on. But unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to make it through this time because they aren't going to dig into the detail. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And you guys, I, I even have a client, she's a, a financial confidence coach. She helps women after divorce. And I think the one thing, especially you ladies who are listening to this podcast, because I know I have a majority of my audience is female. I want you guys to like, whether you own a boutique, whether you want to own a boutique, whether you're a business person or not know your numbers. Like that is something that I think people need to, to know, to be successful in life. And I think that that we as women, especially need to be financially educated. You know, I'll say a big portion of that is me just, you know, obviously like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, you talked about like really like the money mindset, it starts with the mindset behind money, but then there's so much strategy behind it too. learn your numbers, whether you own a business or not. I think being financially educated as women and understanding money puts you in the driver's seat. And I think so many people are just really afraid of it, to be honest. I think there's people that are afraid of acquiring money because they're worried about what it's going to do to them as well. To add on to that. And so if I could just share one, one more, (laughs) but it's really this idea. And my very first coach had to break this down for me. She was like, listen, Ashley, money is amoral. It's neither good nor bad, but it is simply a reflection of the person who's holding it like a brick, right? You could take a brick You can use it to build a beautiful cathedral, or you could take the brick and you could smash it through the windows of all the cathedral, but it really depends on whose hands it's in. So when we're talking about business, it's a noble thing to go make some money so you can do good in the world around you. Like, would you rather have money in your hands to do good, or would you rather have it in the government's hands to see what they do with it? I know what I would pick. I know I can impact a lot of people. So let's go try to make some money, know those numbers so that we can keep and retain more at the end of the day, because that's what your worth is more tied to. It's the good in the world. It's not just that money may make you a bad person. It Absolutely. 110%. Do you know who Grant Cardone is? Yeah. Okay. So Grant Cardone, he is definitely your guy who is like, he will say some shit to get your attention and it worked. But I remember one time he said something and I'll never forget it. This was years ago. My husband is in the same industry as Grant Cardone. So I followed him for a while or whatever. And some of the shit he says I love and some of the shit he doesn't. But when he said this one time, I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe he said that. 
But when you really think about it, it was kind of true. He said, poor people are selfish. And I was like, oh my God, did he really say that? But when you have money, it's never about you anymore. When you're broke as a joke, it's like, can I feed myself? Can I clothe myself? Can I pay my bills? Can I, 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 when you actually have money, it's never about you anymore because your basic needs are covered. You can be a blessing to others. So if anyone is listening to this podcast and you take one thing from it, obviously there's so much, but if you take one thing from it, it's like, figure out how to change the stories around money. Cause I have heard all of the stories. There's so many people who like, they can make money. I have clients literally can make money. Can't fucking hold money because there's a whole nother story around money. So work on your money mindset. Yeah. I echo 100%. Everybody needs to do it because everybody has a belief system. Do you think you could have been as successful today and have the success that you had if you didn't start with the foundation of your money mindset? hundred percent. Totally. Agree. 100%. It changed everything for me. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I am just so, so grateful that we connected. I know we're going to stay connected because it's just been absolutely a blessing to be able to get to know you. Tell everyone where they can find you. I know that this podcast is, uh, it's the beginning of June. We're not recording in the beginning of June, but beginning of June is when this comes out and you have something coming up that everyone needs to know about. Yeah. So if you are in the product space, if you're in the boutique or retail e-commerce space, we have a whole training coming up for June called summer school because the J months in retail are typically the crappiest months. So we want to get you some training during those lower months. Um, So I'll send you the link for summer school so you can catch it in the show notes. Uh, But otherwise it'll be all over our social at the boutique hub on Instagram, the boutique Or if you're not in the boutique space at all, we can be friends. I'd love to hang out. My personal Instagram is AJ Alderson. Uh, amazing. Thank you so much. This is such a pleasure, such a treat. Thank you for being here. You guys, please, please, please go follow Ashley now. Even if you're not in the boutique space, she's um, someone extremely motivational and inspirational. Thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.